Hello FR Europeans, this is Matthias and today I chat with Nikita from Land Secured about his take on the peer-to-peer -peer market landscape and what they have to offer when it comes to lower the risk of peer-to-peer -peer investing. In the episode we also cover the role of peer-to-peer -peer aggregators and the risk associated with loan originators. Nikita also tells us about a new loan type for the agricultural sector and how it is structured. Behind LandSecure stands an established company located in Latvia that is offering loans for wealthy people to invest in real estate projects, small and medium-sized businesses and also partially consumer loans. Since last year they are also open for investments from regular investors throughout Europe. So I hope that's interesting for you. See you in a bit. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage and making the most of your money. This with your host, Matthias. Welcome everybody to another interview of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Um, today with me in the virtual studio is uh, Nikita from Land Secured. Say hi, Nikita. Hi, everyone. How is your last name uh, spelled, actually? It's no, it's actually... Goncars. Uh, in, in Latvian, it's uh, Goncars. 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 We have, like, a little uh, weird situation because uh, many uh, people are, like, uh, generally Russians. Half of the country is Russian, so my uh, Russian surname sounds like Ganchar. Ganchar, mm -hmm. it's, like, but uh, Latvian, so many times they add this S uh, letter to the end, so it's a Goncars. So they kind of more improved my surname. It's, <laughs> it's it's weird, but they do it like this. Yeah, so. Okay, so but you have yeah the Russian spell your name different than the uh, yeah yeah Russian okay. spell my, my name and surname. They pronounce it differently because there's mm -hmm. a little bit different. But we are used to it, so it's kind of inside yeah. inside <laughs> Latin. Yeah, cool. And so you you're not founded the company Land Secured, as I understood, but there's a company behind Land Secured. Is it uh, true? Actually, I, I, I like to, to to tell it in two two parts. So we mm -hmm. have the existing successful lending business in Latvia. It's a company mm -hmm. registered, I think, in like so before the 10 years. Uh, it's it's licensed uh, lending, uh, like in, in consumer lending since 2013. So mm -hmm. seven years now. And it's a local comp company. Since the Latvian market is very small, we're like below 2 million people. We, we also always had uh, ambitions to go wider to the Europe. So crowdfunding is a great opportunity for us to, to expand like cross-border using our experience domestical ones. So yes, this is why we built Land Security. It's self-funded from the owners. There's mm -hmm. two owners in the main business, me and my partner Edgar Stalums. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's the same in Land Secure. Uh, we, we found it together, but, but mostly it's like uh, my initiative because I... I'm a fan of vintage, a fan of innovations, and mm. closely following up everything that's happening in this field. Uh, very good. So, and what have you done before um, before LandSecured? Uh, anything? Have you been in working for a bank or just studied, or what have you done? Uh, I have a bachelor's in in, in finance degree. Mm -hmm. So I had a practice in bank. So we're working in a financial company, and uh, later on we we met with Edgar's. And we started actually as a financial brokerage uh, company. Then we explored the market, explored the competition. We understood how everything works, how debt collection, collection, collection works, how marketing works. So all these fields and things. And then we attracted our first investors. Uh, so we actually are not, uh, you know, like born in some wealthy family with rich parents or something. We didn't have any capital. So it's uh, actually built from zero, everything with our own hands. And... Uh, so yeah, 
firstly we broke we, we were do, doing like financial brokerage and so we had a flow of of, of leads and and clients then we just to got the, our first investor just to mm-hmm. personally meeting him uh, but the interest rates were pretty high so the cost of capital was around 20 percent for us we were selling the loans like to, to the clients like at 36 percent to get some profit so but it, it was uh, successful and we kept expanding and uh, as much you're growing in volume you can you get uh, opportunities to uh, reassure the new investors to give you lower capital cost so in this way we we got our first bank it's a local mm-hmm. Latvian bank which uh, funded our first two million and we, we were building gradually it's like uh, we're getting 300k and then we were using it so then we were showing the financial reports then we were getting another 300k additionally so we built our portfolio and now it's around 10 million euros it's it's not a lot in the industry understand it mm-hmm. for latvia for for two young guys it's pretty enough for us yeah now we have a team of uh, 16 people and uh, we're in in february actually we moved to another office uh, a new one, uh, and uh, we it actually it was uh, empty for a couple of months before because <laughs> of COVID. This was pretty funny. Great timing, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we kept thinking, why do we need an office mm-hmm. <laughs> at all? But uh, later on in summer, it was quite nice to to move from from, from home and to work in the office. It's mm. Actually, we we think it's more effective. I feel like I need sometimes to meet with colleagues. It's Different Cats experience. Sometimes good to to get out of the flat and out of the bedroom or kitchen table and um, also meet with people. So I think in the future there will be more virtual virtual companies, but they will they will keep in place where you can meet each other so that you twice or once a week you can go to the office and just have a mm. coffee or meeting and so on. Yes, so, so the office will be more for socializing, not for work. Yeah. Yes, it's pretty, pretty strange, but it's nice, nice concept. Yeah. It's strange, but if you if you if you think about it, if you have a hybrid office, so if some people work in the office and some people work at home, then it could also discriminate the people who are uh, kind of have to stay at home or mm. are not living close enough to the office. So that's why yeah. I think I've read about Dropbox that they decided to to have just a virtual office uh, mm. or virtual work. We actually see that it's also dependent on the age of so the employees. Because uh, some people have kids, and if you have two two little kid, kid, children at home, or and you need to stay with them, they don't give you time to work. You, you we have people that uh, want to come to work in any way. I think they would even pay to come to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, usually you have you have uh, some kindergarten or school where you can send them. Uh, unfortunately, mm. it's sometimes close. I have also two kids that uh, have been a week uh, with my grandparents. Parents, not grandparents, mm. and uh, now they're back. So yeah, I can understand that. And I also booked a co-working space in summer to have a calm place and also to uh, enjoy the air condition there. So yeah, but mm. yeah, it depends on how big your flat is. All right, so you, you have your office and you have a lot of people working for you, um, and you kind of it's quite impressive that you build it from from zero to hero, mm. as you usually call it. Uh, so that you haven't had any angel investors or seed rounds mm. and so on. And the 10 million portfolio also sounds pretty good um, for mm. just two people, I think. It, is a, it was a nonstop work for me, like uh, 10 years. Uh, I was fully concentrated on the work, like uh, my health has gone uh, worse. Mm. And, and now it's it's okay because now we're uh, stable and uh, we have a core team, which... Uh, I actually don't need to, to to manage things so much because uh, 
the people have, have actually outgrown me in in their fields. Mm. So now I can I can think strategically, but but I'm not not participating in day to day work things. So yeah, yeah. In the beginning, you always have to do everything yourself, and then you you cannot you if it if it runs, then you can hire some specialists who are you can who can pay full full time attention to to their field. So, for example, if you have to do your the marketing on your own mm. in the first one two years, but then you have a marketing specialist that can yeah it it helps I think, um, and I think many people have also health or work life balance issues in the beginning if they build mm. something from scratch and then. They also rebalance then later on on their health. So yeah, cool. And um, now you have also your offer, um, uh, and that's also maybe the interesting part for the for the listeners here. Your offer mm. uh, for casual investors or investors uh, real estate loans mm -hmm. um, to invest in, but also another uh, new product uh, that is also kind of low risk but good return with, that we want to talk later about the, mm -hmm. the farmer loans. And or agriculture loans, but first of all, um, as as you the, the market peer-to-peer uh, -peer market might is currently uh, not so attractive for some people or is gaining mm. or people slowly. I think I have the feeling people slowly look again into peer, into the peer-to-peer -peer market. Um, I mean, stocks uh, went they they have grown last year a lot, and then there were the scams in the beginning of the year mm. 2020. But now people are looking maybe more differentiated um, to see where can they make uh, where they can they manage their risk in a good way and also have uh, stable returns. I think when mm. the stock bubble is over and also the crypto bubble is over, I think people are also looking into <laughs> peer to peer again. Mm. What would you say is the unique uh, the unique offering for for investors that uh, peer to peer uh, offers um, compared like to crypto or to stock market? Mm. You know, it's uh, more of like uh, my self-experience uh, because it's hard to publicly to ensure the investors in the product safety because they need to evaluate our, themselves the product. But talking mm -hmm. about the real estate loans, you need to understand that there's a difference between, for example, our crowdfunding company, Land Secured, and uh, totally a new like a startup crowdfunding company. Because uh, we have... High net worth individuals, uh, which has like a personal wealth, like uh, more than 40 million euros. So mm -hmm. they are participating in the portfolio. So some of them have like several millions invested. Uh, so mm -hmm. some of some of them so have several several thousand invested, hundred thousand. I mean, and they continue to invest. So this they, they are professional investors. They also have invested in stocks. They are diversifying the portfolios, but they choose us as a safe asset class because it's uh, backed by real estate, it's a low LTV. And uh, actually during the COVID times, the big investors continue to invest. They increase their exposition in our portfolio. Uh, mm -hmm. as, but comparing to peer-to-peer -peer where retail investors were taking out the money. So there's total difference in behavior from mm -hmm. the large investors, which are like understanding what's happening and mm -hmm. the smaller, which are like panicking on the market. So. For us, it's like we're a boutique company. Maybe we're not as large as, but there are people which are trusting their money to us like for several years already in the in our main lending business. And we're keeping this philosophy of quality projects in our platform. So, mm. but, it, but it's not something you can just write, you know, in, sale, in a sales speech. And you just need to maybe look a little bit deeper in the experience of the owners and how the business was built. 
and uh, what's what is what in total a company is and and then you can decide and why are you not just go with the very wealthy investors or maybe some institutional investors later on but also addressing or making this available for also casual investors or retail investors the investors which are we working with now in latvia they were attracted using the personal contacts and you know building the relations in latvia For example, one of the investors were buying like uh, real estate assets from us. The other was like uh, my partner, partners, like uh, I don't know, friends, friends. And he started with a little amount. He started with a hundred thousand euros, mm. and uh, later on, like in the first year, he like uh, in increased till one million, and now his position is three million in our portfolio. But he mm. just wanted to try out, and then he saw. It's uh, stable. Uh, answering the question, why we're not so using this like uh, uh, method in 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 increasing the portfolio? Because large investors uh, are uh, less flexible. They know the Latvian market. They they know the relations. They know the language. But if you, for example, give them the idea, let's go to Lithuania, even at least in Lithuania, but. Uh, Uh, I'm not talking about some like further countries like Spain. They would say no because they don't want to risk. They they have mm -hmm. the, their returns and it's enough for them. They don't have this kind of ambitions that we do. So mm -hmm. it's just not interesting for them. So you mean they they don't want to diversify across other countries or yeah. other yeah. loan types and so on? Okay, so yeah, then might not doesn't scale with these type of investors. And so you we also have been talking about as a company and what you offer. So you mentioned that you have a low LTV, uh, lower mm -hmm. than in the industry. I can uh, remember on on Mintos, for example, that they had sometimes LTVs like from 60 to mm. uh, 65 or even higher. Uh, yeah. So LTV, uh, maybe for the listeners, LTV means uh, loan to value. So If you invest in a real estate loan, that means how much collateral you you have, or can you maybe maybe you can mm -hmm. explain better to them what LTV means? Yes, uh, the concept is our like lending policy is uh, as a lending company, not as a crowdfunding company in the in the core. Mm -hmm. So the main idea when we are issuing the loan, we are always sure that in case of debt collection, we will uh, recollect all the all the principal. Sometimes maybe not all the interesting which occur during the debt collection, but still, if we are like issuing fifty uh, thousand uh, euros to, as a loan, we also look. And it's not only about LTV. LTV is like uh, okay, you're doing the appraisal, the evaluation of the real estate, and, and for example, uh, the evaluator says it's uh, it costs like one one thousand one hundred thousand. Yes, so. Mm -hmm. But we also look from our own experience uh, because of, uh, when you're de making debt collection, you're selling the, like uh, the fast, fastly this is, uh, the, the asset. So mm -hmm. it's a different price, and uh, sometimes it's like twice lower, or it's like 70% only. But so we're using our experience to to understand what is the maximum which we can can give to, to the borrower. So it's it's not the the practice which is used uh, in the platforms. For example, in the construction land loans, uh, platforms which are funding construction projects, it's uh, a high risk uh, because until the project is finished, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's not worth uh, as much as it's uh, it's written because it's illiquid. You need to find the developer which would uh, want to buy unfinished construction. He needs to ensure that 
all the building processes were like did by the project and uh, by other methodologies. So it's it's not quite easy because crowdfunding is my real estate crowdfunding platforms, which are like uh, now leaders of the market. They just took the segment which is high risk segment which is not funded by the banks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of different. So there is a risk and it's it's quite big. What are we doing? We're taking the collateral and we're giving the amount which could be collected in the debt collection. So not more than could be sold. Mm-hmm. So this is the main principle. Uh, so you also invest in unfinished uh, buildings or? Sometimes we're funding uh, construction construction works, but uh, mm-hmm. we're, it's a small project. And when you're, it's a small construction project, it's easier to find the buyer. There's mm-hmm. a lot of small small companies which would be gladly buying this and also a lot of potential, potential buyers of the real estate when it's finished. So mm-hmm. it's quite different with smaller objects. Uh, because they are more liquid and you can yeah, sell them easy, sure. more easily. All right, understood. So um, additionally to the LTV, you also keep the amount you, you borrow or you lend out low so that they can also repay that amount. So Of course. Okay. And um, then I have also seen that you're in the European crowdfunding network, which is also because I know the, the guy who's running it is also mm. always a good sign. And I've also seen that you also co-invest in, in some of your uh, the loans. Yes, you we, we co-invest in every project 5%. So some some skin in the game um, so that you have also same interest in uh, people who are investing in, in these loans. Is there anything else that you uh, you're doing uh, with Land Secured as a as a, a kind of newcomer at least for the made for the crowd P2P market that you do to gain more trust for mm-hmm. um, investors? So yes, we're also using Lemonway as you might see on the front page. Mm-hmm. Not many people might know what is Lemonway, but uh, I it, I'll try to explain it in in simple words. So mm-hmm. uh, I believe it can be explained like. Uh, when investors are depositing money, they are not depositing them to, to our bank account. Uh, there is a company which is called Lemonwage, which is a license, uh, which has a financial license in France. So, mm-hmm. and they are keeping the money. And uh, so, the only thing uh, Land Secure does, so we, we send commands Lemonway to transfer the money to the project. So, actually, we are not touching money with our hands. So, it's only goes to the, to the project, so it could not be sent elsewhere. And it's quite important because uh, I think uh, many of your listeners know about the scam uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a problem that they held all the investors' money on some shady account, and they just transferred transferred where they want, like at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, for example, the money uh, could be spent on some like uh, salaries or, or other cost, marketing costs. You don't mm-hmm. actually know is it spent or is it not spent because until it's like withdrawn, until everyone withdraws the money, you cannot see it. So mm-hmm. it could be like a large bubble which could go on like for many years and no one would know it. Actually, this is called like money segregation and it's mm-hmm. included in the regulation which, which was adopted in October, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. correctly. So yes, it would be obligatory to platforms which would be licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, can you let us know a bit more about this regulation? Are there any other things they, um, you have to comply with, with uh, in, in this uh, regulation mm-hmm. that you need to adapt um, to? 
more in-depth experience has our lawyer, of course, but I know something which would be obligatory, which you mm-hmm. m- might see already some of the platforms like doing. It, mm-hmm. There will be obligatory uh, investors uh, experience evaluation. So there will be, how are they called, questionnaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're in Stack Guru on Mintos now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we as a platform would need to know if you're an experienced investor or, or, or you're not. And mm-hmm. uh, there will be financial limits uh, which you could invest if you're not experienced. I think it would be around mm-hmm. 1,000 euros. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And uh, it's more about transparency. A lot of things about the project transparency and the marketing. You need to give the information in full and uh, it should be not like, you know, overly marketized. It should be just transparent uh, descriptions mm-hmm. of project. So, yes, there's this, there's segregation, there's mm-hmm. licensing. Of course, there will be uh, licensing and so uh, there also will be monitoring from the local regulator in every country. So it mm-hmm. also can give some more stability to, this, to the peer-to-peer sphere. Uh, the, the, the questionnaires, it's kind of that everyone is going to the website and says, oh, yes, I have a full experience with everything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay, no, then it's your, own, it's your own fault if you just um, tell not, not telling the truth in this questionnaire. Then they can't protect you. Basically, you have that also with your bank account that, for example, mm. if you open an interactive broker account, they also ask you, do you have experience with options? And if you say, no, you don't have sufficient experience and they just uh, don't allow you to trade options. So that's mm. uh, kind of the security mechanism behind it, I would say. Yeah, very good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the uh, regulation a bit. Um, I hope it's not over-regulating everything, but um, yeah, a little bit of regulation doesn't hurt. And then there was something on your website also about the BNP Paribas. Um, I just forgot uh, what it was. Uh, is it the owner of Lemonways or was there another, another <laughs> relation with it? Lemonway is uh, connected and is uh, working with BNP Paribas. So they mm-hmm. have an account which they are using uh, using some IT software as a virtual account. So they like put uh, the, the client's money in this virtual account. So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, more of a structure of Lemonway using mm-hmm. BP Maribas. Yeah, but it's uh, one of the largest banks in the world. I think it's uh, ninth uh, in the assets in the world. Mm-hmm. It's quite large. And so our industry money is, money is held in this bank. Very good. And uh, the, the loan origin, you are the loan originator also because you have some platforms, they have multiple loan originators. So mm-hmm. you have Evo State with the aggregation of, mm-hmm. or, um, of um, the loan originators or mentors where you have multiple but you have you are the originator and also kind of the marketplace and uh, i wouldn't say we're the marketplace actually we're just a crowdfunding platform it, mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of things going on it, I, people got very creative with the crowdfunding actually mm-hmm. there is a pretty simple uh, idea behind crowdfunding and the goal why mm-hmm. the european union is like pushing and adopting some regulation and because European uh, crowdfunding was a part of uh, EU action, financial action plan. So it was mm-hmm. included as a part of the action plan to improve financial services in Europe. So the idea was like people could invest and help uh, local businesses, European businesses uh, uh, with access to funds. So mm-hmm. it was with the idea to improve economy and so on and, and build some new working places. So it was only meant to finance business projects. Mm-hmm. Not uh, payday loans, not, uh, I don't know, building marketplaces. Uh, and uh, 
this is the reason why marketplaces are not uh, trying to get this uh, crowdfunding license. They are getting uh, financial brokerage licenses, and it's a different thing. So they're just financial brokers. So they're creating their own assets, which are like uh, packed payday loans and sold as an asset. So it's kind of a financial, I don't know, like note yeah, or else. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not crowd crowdfunding. So we're doing uh, real crowdfunding. So mm-hmm. the idea is we publish, we find a good project, we do the due diligence, we publish it, and uh, investors have access to it and they can fund, decide to fund it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and in this way, we're giving the business the money, we're only the intermediary, we're collect- collecting the commission, um, but also uh, to have the motivation to, to publish only quality projects. Firstly, we're putting our own money in it, so it's killing the game in every mm-hmm. project. And the second thing is that we're also getting the management fee, so uh, while the loan is paying, we're also receiving like a small, like two or three uh, percent paying monitoring fee. So we're also interested in building a large portfolio, which is uh, mm. performing like actively and not defaulting. Um, so pretty simple and not so mm. sophisticated than having worldwide like hundred uh, loan originators on your platform that mm. you have to monitor and so on. So I think um, I think more people are now aware that maybe this payday loans or, or consumer loans is not uh, not associated with the lowest, lowest risk uh, mm. and that they're looking for alternatives uh, that are more conservative like real estate, uh, crowdfunding and so on. So I think that that if people are looking again to peer-to-peer, they should maybe look into something that has that is backed with some some real assets basically. So would be my, not, not advice, mm. but my thinking at least. What do you think where is the, um, the overall peer-to-peer market heading? Are these peer- payday loan uh, marketplaces, are, do they disappear? Or, uh, I mean, there's a regulation. So mm. what's the overall picture of the market? Where is it heading in 2021? Talking about marketplaces and payday loans, until payday loans exist, until uh, there will be countries which uh, has this uh, old uh, legislation, because as you see, mm. they're getting uh, the volumes Payday loans are getting less and less uh, market share in Europe and they're moving to Asia, they're moving to other markets. So the idea is they enter a market, they issue loans with high interest rates, and then mm-hmm. the politicians see that it's not healthy for the economy. They start to introduce uh, some changes on the legislation. They start to uh, put a cap on the interest rate for because... For example, in Latvia, we didn't have a cap for the interest rate like uh, maybe seven years ago. We didn't have a cap for the, how it's called, um, late fees. So you could actually, there are people which were companies which were issuing like 100 euros and they were like putting in a zip collection uh, the amount of 1,000. So there was no cap, cap for the for this uh, late fees. So then the late fee cap was introduced, then the uh, interest rate cap was introduced and the market is not so uh, interesting for them and they move forward. So they move to another market and and it came and it happens again. So uh, for example, Georgia was the same. So now they're leaving Georgia, they're going to, uh, I don't know, Uzbekistan and then from Uzbekistan, they're going to Singapore and Malaysia and Philippines and until there are countries which uh, they can like go to, uh, the pay the loan business will, will be working and they will they will need money and they will pay good interest rates uh, 
I don't know if it's like uh, it's just an investment. So you need to choose for yourself. Are you mm-hmm. interested in such like asset type? But uh, it's not a crowdfunding. It's it's peer to peer, yes, but it's not crowdfunding. Uh, crowdfunding has a bright future in Europe because uh, there is a, always uh, a segment of the market for the alternative lenders. Because the banks are always missing something, the banks are afraid and they're slow. So crowdfunding will have nice niches uh, they can manage. For example, we uh, put as our new goal and our like uh, motto, we we have like looked into potential new products and we saw great potential in agricultural loans because uh, by the uh, research of European Investment Bank. There's a financial gap from 7 billion till 18 billion in Europe. So this is uh, financially, it's it's uh, stated as a financial gap for financially viable uh, agricultural farms. So it's not like, you know, uh, farms with uh, bad financial situations. These are good, good agricultural enterprises which don't have access to funds because mm. banks don't want to fund them for some reason. For example, banks, some banks are not accepting movable collateral as a collateral. For example, they want you to to put as a collateral your land plot, but if you have, I don't know, some grain or machinery, they don't take it as a collateral. And so uh, the research states that there's at least 10% which are rejected, uh, loans which are rejected because of this reason. So it's a huge market. And I think it's uh, the main idea of crowdfunding is to resolve such things. So mm-hmm. this is our like quest, I don't know, a mission. Which is, <laughs> so this is why we exist. We need to make this money flow better. So, and mm-hmm. and we're working together with the European Parliament. They introduced the regulation. Now we are, we will be able to work all over the Europe, and uh, investors would could put their money in this kind of projects and help the the economy, not just uh, hold the money in the banks with the negative interest rates. Mm-hmm. And I see, and I see a, a synergy, a great mission, and uh, social uh, benefits, and it's also a moral benefit to invest in such projects and uh, bring some value to to, to overall economy. So that's uh, one of the new products you um, you like to offer then this year, also for on your uh, website or for, as land secured. And you you mentioned that you that you worked with the parliament or you worked with the politics? No, I, 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 mean, I mean that they are building the regulations. They mm-hmm. are putting this crowdfunding to the action plan. So mm-hmm. they are hel- helping with the regulation part for uh, crowdfunding to, to uprise, to, to be more safe and to be more attractive for the investments. So it's mm-hmm. not like our own like idea, let's make crowdfunding great and let's uh, help the world. No, there's a European initiative to, to help crowdfunding. Furthermore, there also, during the COVID, some of the, some of the countries like France, they mm-hmm. gave, gave the financial support with this uh, long guarantees. In mm-hmm. COVID loan guarantee. So for yeah. the companies which were in trouble because of COVID, the financial help was distributed already now with the crowdfunding help. So with the help of the platforms. It's not I, happening in Latvia, but it happened in France. I know I, it happened in the UK. I also read about it um, that um, that these young companies, uh, so they help to the, the small business or, or freelancers that was, was issued uh, using uh, small crowdfunding platforms in, in France. And I read the headlines in Germany that um, these loans or the help from the government is not actually coming to the people who need it because they were so slow, the bureaucracy and yes, was just slow. So I think they in France they did a good job to uh, to help out there. 
um, also in Italy, they had the, in Germany, the uh, SAP and Teleco, Deutsche Telekom, they created this COVID warning app, uh, COVID-19 mm -hmm. warning app uh, for 20 million. And in, in, in Italy, it was, it was a much lower fee they had to pay. Mm -hmm. And it was just the startups that created the app with a much better user experience. So, um, mm -hmm. so a lot of <laughs> potential also for younger companies to, um, as you can see how, how this innovation helps also to solve real world Mm. problems and yeah so it's a good issue then happen but why are the banks are not borrowing i mean they could also just borrow to the farmers and i mean there are also some on mintos uh, we talked mm. about it earlier on mintos there's also this agriculture loan that you can put your money in with six percent mm. or seven percent what's the difference to the mintos type and what's the i know the company which you're referring to but i i actually knows them pretty well with the research in the local markets. So mm. what they are doing, uh, there's a grain buying company. It's one of the largest in Latvia. So mm. they're just buying grain from the farmers. And uh, this uh, financial company is just uh, working with them. So it's like, a, it's not a, a daughter company, you know, it's not the same like owners, but mm. so their main client flow go goes from the grain buyer. So for example, you as a farmer come to the grain buyer, you want mm. to sell the grain in December, I don't know, this year's December, but you need the money now. So they use their like uh, partner company and the partner company issues the loan. So it's only, you know, a, a very narrow like uh, market share. So mm. they're not trying to expand. They're not trying to go to other countries. They're just a small company with, uh, it's a good company. It's a stable company, but so they're not interested in, in some some like growth or so it's like a small fund which which again generates the income for the owners and that's all so what we're doing we were not interested in earning like in the first years we would be uh, earning a small issuing fee but the main idea is to to create this product and to give them get the money flowing to the farmers uh, why the banks are not doing their seller reasons banks are uh, as you said, have this bureaucracy, but it's not the main reason. You need to understand that banks, uh, yes, they have low interest rates, they have low, like, the lowest interest costs, mm. but they're so they are not profiting so much from the smaller clients. Imagine bank like uh, issuing a five thousand loan to a farmer. How mm. much he can he earn like uh, from this kind of project? I don't know, like ten euros or something. <laughs> Yeah, it I must think be, they'll spend more in the, like uh, they for must, the tea, paying for the coffee. <laughs> yes, they must automate uh, more than to mm. make this profitable business. But mm. I think they are not really interested uh, right now in 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 this type of business. But you're right. Uh, um, if you can, as a farmer, can go to the banks, uh, the interest mm. rates are really low, so they could. Yes, I mean. For zero, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for the larger farmers, which have like more than hundred uh, hectares. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that eighty percent of European uh, farm farms are small. It's uh, family farms, and mm -hmm. they don't have this kind of access to the banks. Furthermore, the half of them they don't have this full uh, bookkeeping. They have just simplified bookkeeping, which mm -hmm. is which is where they record their like results. And it's not an issue for us to to, to evaluate them because uh, we have this pro product which is uh, use grain as a collateral, and we can uh, prognose uh, from the previous year results the potential grain, mm -hmm. how big the harvest will be, and we don't actually need the bookkeeping. 
because we have the collateral, we know the size and we know the value and mm-hmm. we will like lend half of the price and we also use insurance and, and so on. Mm-hmm. I will not go to the, in the details. And we, there's a large large segment for us to, to, to fund and also for so the you, investors. So you can kind of manage your risk also without the bookkeeping just yes. by lending not so much money and by... Yes. Um, by having some insurance that kind of you, it's affordable then to have the insurance against this uh, default or against that they can't pay. And, no, no, uh, the insurance is against the natural causes uh, okay. which could uh, Im- mm-hmm. impact the, the harvest. Mm-hmm. And you also then um, that you, you kind of ensure that you get repaid because you have You get the money, as you told me last time. Yes. yes. You get not not getting the money from the farmer, but from, from the buyer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 signing the freeway agreement with the farmer and the grain buyer. Grain buying buying companies are large with several uh, hundreds of million in uh, like net income. Uh, so this there is a freeway agreement, and uh, at the moment when the grain is uh, like transported to the buyer, the buyer firstly he pays out the loan. To us mm-hmm. and the occurring interest and if something is left so there should be some left it's tra- only then it's transferred to the farmer so the remaining amount so yeah it's it's like this so what could happen to and um, what's the, i mean the, the, it sounds pretty kind of secure because there's mm-hmm. always the grain and there's an insurance and you get mm-hmm. so what's what can what's the bad things can happen uh, to somebody who's invest in it what mm-hmm. so the risk is firstly for example There was a, I don't know, a very bad year. So mm-hmm. I don't know. The the harvest is half half less than it was previous 10 years in mm-hmm. in the medium, and there is not enough money to repay the debt. For example, we have issued 10,000, but he repays only nine. So mm-hmm. or I don't know five, and five is left. It's a pretty like uh, hard situation because so how we will issue the loan? Firstly, we will only issue the half of the potential harvest. For example. If, if it's prognosed that there will be 20,000 uh, euros of harvest worth, we would mm-hmm. issue only 10,000, for example. So if the harvest is half uh, less than it's projected, so we will still receive the money. So there should be like, I don't know, 70% drop in the harvest. I don't know how it's possible because it's we just checked the Eurostate data on the grain production. So the difference, like yearly difference was The, the in the most like the biggest was 25 is a mm-hmm. yearly drop in the harvest so 25 is like the, the biggest to us mm-hmm. which was uh, uh, so before. overall overall but not for a single farmer so the of course overall yeah, in the in the country on the europe mm-hmm. another risk could be that uh, he will not transport the grain to the buyer so mm-hmm. it's like uh, when he's uh, Uh, not doing it and, and he knows that he's doing bad things but in this mm-hmm. case uh, we also have the private 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 guarantee from mm-hmm. the farmer and uh, it's also need to understand that it's a different uh, type of sme uh, mm-hmm. company it's it's not like the basic sme just that some guy which like uh, registered the company yesterday and uh, today he's mm-hmm. closing <laughs> it's so the farmer it's it's a family business it's uh, it was transferred from the grandparents to, to the to the kids and it's mm-hmm. maybe like third generation of, of farmers they're not yeah. interested in to, to I don't know to scam a 5000 from you and they will they will come to the they also have this uh, land to which mm-hmm. which they own where they also have some machinery and the house which mm-hmm. uh, is on the land plot. So it's a much bigger risk so for them to, to not bring the harvest. 
Yeah, it sounds sounds pretty good. So it could be really um, a nice alternative to real estate crowdfunding um, because it's yeah. And 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 the good thing is also it's it's kind of helping also the economy and yes. also small. If you, for example, if you in the field of sustainability and you like to eat organic food, then you you also want to support small uh, farmers mm -hmm. that they can sustain and uh, kind of. Uh, keep producing instead of just mm -hmm. um, supporting the bigger uh, farmers um, with a large enterprise and so on. So that could be also not marketing. <laughs> Sounds a bit yeah, like marketing, marketing, but it's, it's also nice, you know, if you mm. just would like to get organic apples and support them. Yeah, um, maybe we should, yeah. we should think to, into highlighting the biological farms, like separately, if, if they're Uh, have some certificates which which are approved by European governments. We, maybe we need to, to to put it in descriptions that they are biological be, because it could be a good filter for uh, to to invest in because this is sustainability. Mm. Um, the ESG criteria are also very important for many uh, people uh, right now. And um, also on Zalando, you can also have a checkbox in your filter that you can only mm. show products that are organic or have created under fair conditions. So mm -hmm. it could be, could be a nice USP, um, I think, then in yeah. the end. But I don't want to uh, help you <laughs> too much with <laughs> <laughs> <some> marketing. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I'm just interested in, in, in this um, pharma loans because I also would like mm. to... Uh, I think uh, this, this lending or crowdfunding and so on, it's, uh, it's nice to create a, a, an income. If you are mm. an income-oriented investor, not just for, for growth, um, then I think uh, lending or growth, it's nice because you have a steady in income. Mm -hmm. um, so in the, I like that there are opportunities and um, options available that are more secure than uh, like a payday loan. Um, mm -hmm. So that's I think that's a nice innovation also for the market. Mm -hmm. So anything else we should cover, or I think we, we, I think highlighted a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I will also then put a link into the, to the show notes and people can check out uh, your website. And mm -hmm. um, as we record, we recorded this uh, before you actually launch the product for the pharma loan. Mm -hmm. So there will be maybe some more details that you can, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. will you also publish, but that people can find it on the website. And I will mm -hmm. also record then an intro later on where we may, can, maybe can also update a little bit. But um, may, just a question, because people in our podcast, they really like to be financially independent, to do what they want. Okay. You you are kind of financially independent because mm -hmm. you can just sell your company and that's it. Mm, I mean, actually, we don't need, need even to sell it because uh, it's a portfolio, loan portfolio, which uh, is functioning. And uh, it's a long-term portfolio because we are issuing mortgage loans. So mm. the average length is 10 years. Maybe the real life cycle is like 80 years for the loan. So, so you can use some calculation and calculate. Like, I think mm -hmm. I could uh, do nothing for the next five years, but but uh, then I would uh, not have a potential to 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 build a great company. And on the long term, it it would uh, just uh, naturally die. And, yeah. and uh, if the owner is not um, is not associated anymore with the company, then It tends not to develop or to grow that much. But it it's not still... only that, because there's a lot of innovation and there's also always younger guys which are ambitious and they want to take your place and they will just mm. push you out. Uh, <laughs> and and it's, how, it's how it is. Also, yeah. to attract like uh, new and interesting employees, ambitious, you need to 
have ambitious goals. It's, it's why we're doing it. It's also quite interesting for self-growth and you know, we're speaking with nice people. And Yeah. And you, but it's good to know that you also can just take a year off if, if needed. And uh, so, and I, I you know, it's, think, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm very afraid to, to leave my, my I don't know, company for more than mm. a week. It's, it's kind of a owner's uh, psychological Sorry. trauma i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay I, but I, i know that nothing would change but it's uh, you know it's hard mm. for you to let let it know okay well so you but you like uh, you like mondays basically you like to work i like my mondays but i don't like wednesdays <laughs> 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 yeah wednesdays somehow the day with the lowest mm. energy because uh, you've done so much Mm -hmm. I also don't like Wednesdays, basically. That's why I'd suggest that we put the, the Saturday to the Wednesday so that we can have a break in the middle of the week. That would be really uh, yeah. beneficial. I'm actually thinking of making Wednesday my home office day because you know, it's produ very productive to, to just have one alone time there mm -hmm. of a day because there's a lot of tasks which need of your like full attention without any dis distraction. Mm -hmm. And we had this uh, like... Uh, self-education day in the university which was also Wednesday I think my biological clock like remembers the day <laughs> it's, it's okay still from the university um, okay then then I would like to close it, the interview but um, is there any um, is there any book or any resource any podcast or whatever that mm. helped you that was really impressive maybe not well known that you can hmm. re uh, recommend to people um Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hard to the names. I'm uh, trying to read like or, or something all the time. I, I don't read the whole book. I read the um, interesting part, which is uh, like mm -hmm. uh, in the moment important for me. Just for example, like uh, there was a nice uh, interview online from, with a guy from People AI. Maybe you heard the name of the company. It's mm -hmm. one of the largest startups in America now. Mm -hmm. In in uh, they're automating the CRM sales. Everything. It's uh, it's hard to describe. Uh, mm -hmm. Like for, um, it's um, and he told about the book, like uh, it was about the hiring uh, the right people. I mm -hmm. think it's called like this: if I hire the right right people. Mm -hmm. And uh, the main idea there was you need to spend more time like for, for hiring mm -hmm. and uh, less for less for firing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's actually we're now like searching for for new employees like for half a year at least. Mm -hmm. Doing uh, in-depth interviews and that's not in a hurry to to onboard new people because you're losing a lot of time. For example, if in the end he is not like suitable for the position. So, mm -hmm. and the one of the like interesting book which I read on Saturday, it was like you know this uh, sprint of one day one book. I just couldn't stop. It was a mm -hmm. book from Dan Brown, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, this is a guy who wrote uh, the book which is called uh, Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 a nice mix uh, because it's like a real life places mixed with like surrealistic uh, things which are which are happening. So you're reading the book and it's hard for you to to difference which what is real and what's what's not real because mm -hmm. he puts a lot of uh, science uh, uh, science things which are like mm -hmm. uh, based on the facts, mm -hmm. and you're like uh, going to the Google and checking. Oh, really? It's <laughs> it's it's it sounds really like a crazy thing but it happened in real life it's a real discovery mm. uh, and and so it's like a mix of science and fiction it's it's like really great book um yeah yeah and you so they use actually what's happened and try to interpolate in the future and um have some scenarios on science fiction and i think many many founders also they read in their childhood they read science fiction like uh, the elon musk and then mm. actually they're building the science fiction you know? <laughs> 
Um, this can happen sometimes. But I, I would link these books in the, in the show notes that people can, can look into it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the, the, the names of the books maybe. And especially hiring. I mean, you it makes sense to spend time uh, on hiring because it's you're actually creating uh, the culture with the people you are hiring. So mm -hmm. if you hire the wrong people, you have the wrong culture and then you have the wrong, wrong products maybe. So that's, mm -hmm. that's why it's good to pay attention. Yeah, sure. Cool. So thank you for the interview. See you next time, I would say. Yeah. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you for listening to the episode. We really appreciate you taking the time and we would love to hear your feedback in the comments on our website financial-independence.eu or you can head over to our Facebook group and engage with us and like-minded people that you can find at financial-independence.eu slash community. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review if you like. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using the handle FIEurope. And for people on our email list, we post occasionally about special updates, ideas, events and curate the best contents from the European FI community. You can find that at financial-independence.eu slash newsletter. Thank you for being part of the community and see you in the next episode.